Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Never doubt the, 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 the hugeness of the plan that God has got for your life. It might look as if nothing is coming from what God is doing, but God is about to do something far greater than you can even begin to imagine. And when it comes down to what I want to say to you this morning, that's also important because when God starts to speak to you about sonship, when God starts to speak to you about your calling and about what He has for, in mind for you as a son of God, th- there is an extreme problem, call it that, with that because when God starts to talk to you about that thing, the very next thing you are going to have is a doubt factor that comes and goes, who, me? What is going on here? Why are you like doing that? Okay, then never mind. I understand. I understand the body language. Okay, so, so, so when God does that, we need to understand that God's purposes are not man's purposes. So the first, how, how long have I got? Okay. Right. The first thing I want to say to you is Isaiah 55. Okay. Isaiah 55 says, in a certain portion there, it says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. In fact, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Right. And, and then he says, my word will not return void, but it will achieve, it will be like the rain and snow. And, and then he goes on to say, let the wicked, um, uh, you know, leave their ways, their thoughts, and the unrighteous. Now, he's not talking about you, all right? He's talking about the wicked. He's talking about them. But then he comes to you and he starts telling you about the things he's about to achieve in your life, all right? So this morning... I want to start off in a very strange place. The purposes of God against the natural understanding of man. And we've been dealing with this idea and this thing in COVID because we're looking at everything that's going around. There's conspiracy theories around every corner. People humanistically out of human wisdoms are trying to tell us what's going on in the earth And I've come to tell you this morning, this is a watershed moment, right? The watershed moment is God is going to use this to springboard something that is eye has not seen, ear has not heard, not yet come up in the heart of man, what God has prepared for them that love him. God is about to take all man's efforts and said, is this the best you can do? Is this the best you've got? And then when the enemy and man have come to the end of their strength, God is going to say, let me now show you what God looks like. Let me now show you what God's children looks like. Let me now show you how God... Isn't it strange that when you go into Africa or into South America or third world country, India, Pakistan, Asia, where there are no doctors where there are no hospitals, where there is no medical uh, uh, fraternity that can be relied on. Isn't it strange that there are miracles? Their healing takes place in great amount. 
Why? Because people don't have the logic and the mentality to settle back into, I can go down to the hospital and the doctor's going to heal me. When there is no other hope open to you, people turn towards God and find that His Word is true. That's exactly what's happening right now. People are looking for answers in the world, and the world has no answer. Paul says, when I came to you, I was in fear and trembling. In 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 2, he said, because I didn't want to be involved with man's wisdom, but a demonstration of power. The church is a demonstration of power. And then he goes on to say, I wanted to know nothing amongst you except, in in the Amplified, he repeats it, I wanted to know nothing, I wanted to be conscious of nothing, I wanted to be aware of nothing except Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 3 goes on to say this, he said, "There, there is one foundation that is laid. He said, this is the foundation that has been laid. He said, we have laid the foundation of Christ. He said, others build upon it, but the foundation is Christ is our foundation. What part of Christ is our foundation? The fact that he paid the price, hung on the cross, and cried out, it is finished. That is it. Jesus in Luke 4, 23, I think. Luke 4, 23. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you have heard, what what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Could God have taken Jesus off of the cross? Yes. Peter, in fact, calls him the Son of God by the Spirit, he said, flesh and blood has not, Matthew 16, revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he says to him, Simon bar Jonah, which means Simon bar Mitzvah, eldest son or son that has now had his 12th birthday. Simon bar Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, flesh and blood, your earthly heritage has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven heaven. The heavenly revelation of who I am, God gave to you. You didn't. Upon this relationship that you are, I'm going to change your name. Your name is no longer going to be Simon, son of Jonah. It's going to be Peter, Petros, little rock, off of the bigger rock, which is God, Jesus, the rock of ages. This relationship of sonship that I'm talking about, I will build my church upon this, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's just called him this mighty man of God, this rock of ages that's connected, this rock that's connected to the rock of ages, and he tells them he's going to the cross. And because they do not understand God's purpose, Peter says, no way, Jose, we're not signing up for this. You've got to stay here. We've got you. you here with us. And he turns around and says, Satan, get behind me. What he's calling Peter, Satan, no, he's calling the attitude of mind, the heart that doesn't understand God's purpose, that wants to get in the way of what God's doing. He says, that is Satan at work. Get behind me. Get out of the way. Get out of the direction. Jesus goes to the cross. Physician, heal yourself. We don't understand right now what you're doing. It doesn't look really victorious to us. It doesn't look what... 
At that moment, he's bringing a healing about that lasts forever. He's not just healing himself. He's healing every man and woman, child and any person that might get sick forever. He's doing it and he's healing. What I'm trying to say to you is, if we go and look when he um, gets ready to go to the cross, they say to him in Acts, oh, sorry, he's been to the cross, he's resurrected, be, being ready to be, uh, to be ascended to heaven in ascension. They say to him, is this the time now that you will restore the kingdom of Israel? And he's not busy with an earthly kingdom. He said, you don't understand the times and the season. You see, the purposes of God are not interpreted from the purposes of man. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? That there, we need to revisit. We've been around for 2,000 plus years since Jesus. We've seen great things, but we ain't seen nothing yet. We've seen awesome things take place within Christianity. And I want to I use yesterday's um, teaching of Tefara. Man, he caught us all. He went up to the blackboard and he put an A and a B and he said, what is the shortest point, what is the shortest route between A and B? And everybody said, a straight line. And he said, no, innovation. We looked at him. He said, he drew a crooked line like this on the board and then he said, in 1900s, the shortest point between Cape Town and Joburg was an Osava. He doesn't know what an Osava, he said in a drawn cart. And everybody thought, sure, three weeks or how many ever to get from Cape Town to Joburg on horseback. Nah, it's the shortest point between A and B. And then Henry Ford came along and designed the combustion engine and designed the motor car. And then the shortest point between Cape Town and Joburg became 18 hours, for instance. Hello. And then we thought, man, that's great. The shortest point between A and B is a motor car. And then along come the Wright brothers. And later on, Pratt and Whitney designed a jet engine and patented it, and it's still today a patent that earns that. By the way, if you ever go and have a look at the Pratt and Whitney um, family. <laughs> Man, those guys knew what they And aeroplane travel became a two-hour journey between Cape Town and Johannesburg, and that's the shortest point. You understand? Innovation, we look at jet travel right now and we're saying that's the shortest point. God's looking in and saying it still looks like this to me. It's still like, you know, we've got this. Hello? And all the patents and all the good ideas, I'm just talking in the natural now, are with God. He, he could be, we could get to and look at me kind of funny now. We, we, we could get to teleporters very soon now. You know, you get into a phone booth, you dial a number in, it takes your particles. Just make sure there isn't a fly in there with you. No. And it transports you to another place and 
We laugh about that right now. We say, never be possible. But there's a lot of stuff we thought would never be possible, like making a WhatsApp call or a live Zoom call and talking to somebody on a telephone, sitting in your car face to face. When I grew up, that was part of SkyFi. <laughs> Today, I actually talk to people on my phone. Video call. Nathaniel. Ah. The spiritual realm is exactly like that. God has designed things for the sons of God to bring glory to the earth that we ain't seen yet. We ain't imagined yet. And God says, I want to put my glory in you. Now, another thing to follow said that blew my mind was the fact you went to Genesis 1 and Genesis 1, 26 to 28, talking about man and the purpose of man on the earth. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And he got to the fruitfulness and the stuff and he put seed. Every herb-bearing plant that has seed. And he made a statement. He said, seed has a divine uh, uh, seed technology. Seed technology is divine. Because in all the years, no man has ever got to the place where they could make the thing that seed does work for them. And he made a funny little joke, and the kids are not here now. He said, you take a BMW, a male BMW, you get a female BMW, you park them behind your house, and it has little view. You know that would be great, but it doesn't work that way. You take a male cell phone and a female cell phone, you put them in your cupboard and you have all little cell No, 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 because man cannot do reproduction. That's something that God has put for himself. Yet he entrusts the process of sowing and reaping into the hands of man that raises you and me to a very important place in the ecology of who men and women are. It puts us next to God because God says, you are my sons in the earth and by the words of your mouth which you sow as seed, you are going to produce. The oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You see, there is stuff that God has sectioned out for us as sons of God in the earth we haven't even touched yet. We haven't even scratched yet, but we are looking at certain things, and like Peter saying, you'll never go to the cross. That can never work. You're staying here with us. And we really believe we're biblical at that moment. God is saying, get out of my way. I have a higher purpose to do. Physician, heal yourself. No, no, no. You don't understand. While I'm there, I'm going to be healing everybody. For the rulers of this earth would have never crucified the Lord of glory if they'd understood the type of victory he was about to get for us. Now, taking that thought pattern this morning and understanding that we look around us and understand and see at the moment we haven't achieved the fullness of what God wants for us. And because of that, I think we need to go back to the drawing board and get the Spirit involved because that's why He gave us the Spirit, for the Spirit to show us the deep thing, go back to the drawing board, get into the Spirit, and understand that God wants to open up purposes and plans to the church ain't seen yet, 
And if we think we're right in the middle of the world pulling their hair out and getting to a place where they say nothing we do can fix the situation we're in, isn't that the time that they call Daniel from the prison cell or they call Joseph from the prison cell? They asked, is there no man in Babylon that can interpret the dreams of the king because he's about to kill all the magicians and all the wise men? Daniel said, whoa, you're a little bit hasty. Give me a moment. Because I have a relationship with God, I'm a God child that has a relationship that he can speak to me and even tell me what you dreamt and when you dreamt it and what you were dreaming about. Because the king set it up really tight. He said, I want a man who can tell me what I dreamt and what the dream, dream meant. Daniel walked in and told him exactly. And he realized he had to deal, sorry, deal with somebody that had so much more insight. Are you getting, are you, are you getting what I'm saying this morning? We, we need to get to the purposes of God. We need to start becoming aware that we've seen stuff, we've heard stuff, but it still isn't the straight line. It still isn't the innovation of God. It isn't the fullness of what God intended for the sons. He said, because as surely as I live, says the Lord, Oh, I love that story. Moses, he, he, he's on the mount with, with God, and God, he says, show me your glory. And God says, you cannot see my face and live. Yet a few sentences before that, he said, Moses spoke to God like a friend speaks to a friend face to face. It's because the word has more meanings in Hebrew than just one. Panhim means I'm in your presence. I'm face to face. But it also means to see where you've come from. Because if I'm facing you now, you know I'm facing the back of the hall and my back is to the stage. And if I'm walking towards you, you'll say, Dave was coming from the stage. What he said to Moses, he said, we can talk like this, but you can never see where I'm coming from. No man can live and see where God came from. We're not designed for that. That's why you don't have eyes in the back of your head. You're not supposed to look to the path. But he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll put my hand over you, and when you pass by, I'll show you where I'm going to. He didn't say to him, I'll show you my back parts. He's saying, you'll look over my shoulder and see where I'm on my way to. And so Moses, in the tail feathers of God's glory, in his passing, could write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all five of those books, yet he hadn't been present in Genesis. He writes the book of beginnings, yet he wasn't there because he, he was in the tail feathers of God's direction. So later when God says, I want to wipe these people out, stand one side, I'll build a new pe people by you, and God's mad. It's a day where God... When Moses went to Sinai and God was on the top of the mountain and there was thunder and lightning and, and, and everything going on and, and, and even, you know, everybody was shivering and shaking that heard his voice. What about when he's mad? Yet Moses can speak to him in Numbers 14, 21 and say, you can't do this. You can't wipe the people out because if you do, the peoples of the earth will say, you were not, it was not possible for you to fulfill your promises to man. And they'll say, they'll have doubt in you. This is what he answers. He said, I will repent this one time. 
to a man, I will repent this one time, but as surely he swore by himself, as I live, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. Oh, now we've got to go back to the drawing board. Now we've got to sit down and say, Lord, we've been missing some of the purposes. Not purposes, purposes. We've been many missing like them looking at the cross saying, you can't do this. You can't go to the cross. What, what do we do without you? No, no, we, we're missing the purposes of God. Godly purposes different to man's ideals and man's ideas. And God has a purpose with his people in the earth which we haven't seen yet. The whole earth filled with the knowledge of the glory and the glory just filling the earth. That comes forth from the sons and the daughters of God. So what do we need to do? We need to practically go back to the drawing board and sit down in the Holy Spirit in times like this worship this morning and say, Lord, in the tail feathers of your glory, in the presence of what you're doing, speak to me. Yes, he can speak to the congregation. Yes, he can speak to you. But there are times when we need to be intimate with God about speaking to you individually. Hmm. 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 Speaking to me. Now I'm going to take you on a little bit of a rabbit trail. And I'm not going to say something that you must just take. But I have the freedom to know that this man will, will guide you along the route of it. Maybe you've never heard a message like I'm going to give you right now. But I'm going to take the chance anyway is if to stretch you and to say we need to start revisiting some of the stuff we know and make it more clearer to us, Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, and it was for many years up against the wall of our church. I'm giving you apostles. Are you guys all right? You still here? Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors to equip the saints. Say equip. That, that, that word has got a lot more to it, and I'm not going to go into it now. But to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Listen. Until we come to a oneness of faith, until we come to the full measure, the full stature of the man Christ Jesus. The Amplified says, to the full stature of his maturity. That's what sons are supposed to be. They're supposed to be walking the earth like Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because we are in him, he in us, the Holy Spirit. There must come a place where they must look towards us and see Jesus, feel Jesus, experience Jesus. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to shout anything. I know what I'm saying now is right because God intended us to be the Christ in the earth. Because when the Pharisees confront him, they say to him, how is it that the prophets say that the Christ will remain? He said, the Christ will remain. They say, you are going to be lifted up, but the Christ will remain. The Christ part of Jesus is the anointed one, and his anointing, which is in the Spirit, and Spirit came and made his home on the inside of us. Listen, we have... Can I make a joke? Listen, Linda. I hope there's no Linda's here. You know that little boy speaking to Linda? Listen, Linda, listen. We have, I'm appealing to your mentality right now and saying, listen beyond your listening. Jesus did it often. He said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. 
What am I saying to you is we have not yet seen the fullness of what a son of God filled with the Spirit why do you say that? Well, if we did, I mean, who was present at the, at the creation of this earth? Was it not God? And he said, let us make man. And when he was busy, he said, let, he said, and when God spoke, he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was with him in the beginning. Everything. And then when he spoke, the spirit was hovering. The spirit that hovered upon the waters at creation now lives in you. We don't see every sick person healed, but we should. We don't see creative word coming out of our mouths to Stellenbosch to change everything about it, to bring a revival about that all the sin and all the destruction stops, but we need revival. When the Spirit walks into a place in real transformation and real revival, they close the prisons, they close the hospitals, they close every sinful den because everybody comes to know the Lord one shot. Everybody. They have to replace in Wales, they have to replace the donkeys that were pulling the mine carts under in the coal mine because the donkeys didn't understand the language because the Welsh miners had stopped swearing at the donkeys. The donkey couldn't work because he was used to be sworn at. And that's the genuine truth. We've seen the curtain pulled back once or twice to see the fullness of the power of God in a man and woman filled by the Spirit. But it shouldn't be a visitation. It should be a habitation. And we need to see the purposes of God so that we can bring that purpose into the earth so that the whole earth will be filled with His glory. I believe it. I believe it. But it cannot just be a message. It has to be something that we live. And we can't live it for someone else, we can't teach people this. It's got to have to be an individualness that you go and say, Lord, I want to spend time with you in the five minutes in the morning, in the quiet time of my life, that you speak to me, that I, I, I get an impartation which takes me into new innovation, which brings us to a place where the shortest route between A and B will be something that we ain't seen nothing yet. And the greatest part of this, and I want to close with this, the greatest part of this whew, is revisiting a scripture that, and I know you're going to like, mm, what is he saying right now? But I believe it's hidden in that. Dying. So just leave you there, Dying. No, 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 but you said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you've come to give us life and abundance. I agree. I'm not talking about physical dying. Dying to self. Take up your cross, yours, 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 and follow me. Hang on a minute. I'm, I'm almost finished, I promise. Hang on a minute. Don't we die at rebirth? Aren't we buried in baptism? In Christ? Do we not rise from the waters of baptism to become a new creature? Yes, that is all true. Yet there's so much, not you. 
Not you guys. I, I'll be quite honest, not any of you, just Dave. No, no, people in, in Skopat Frekvandors. In another city like Pitson of Water, Brakpan. No, no. Nobody wants to admit to the fact that there's a lot of me that's not dead yet. And it feels to me as long as I'm a Christian, I'm rebuilding some of the old structures of the BC guy. And I'm not preaching legalism and law and condemnation this morning. I'm preaching relationship where in the moment that we were in here, I Shoo, can I say this? Please forgive me. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hate this scripture that keeps on repeating itself in the midst of droughts and in the midst of COVID and in the midst of all kinds of attacks. If my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven. Listen, 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 Linda, listen. Hey, do you know why I hate that scripture when quoted in that format? Because it's very religious. What do you mean? Religion is man-made God service. If Jesus walked in this door this morning in worship, nobody would have to ask you to bow down. And it wouldn't be a religious thing anyway. The reverence of your heart, the love for the one who loves you so much, would be so, you'd sink to your knees and you'd be worshiping from a place of worship going, wow, Jesus, I love you because you first loved me. There is a place in the church right now where we are going to have to Go and have a look at the fact that we're actually dead. Can I end with it? Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But the life that I now live, I live by the faith of not in the Son of God. Jesus has no problem with you when it comes to who He called you to be and what He called you to be. He look at all your mess and say, I still believe in you. I still believe what I called you for. I still see that which I called you for. He said, but Jesus, you don't understand. I've messed it up so many times. It's not fixable. He said, no, you don't understand. You don't understand me. And my faith and love for you. He has a faith for the church that we need to embrace. And I close with these words. I know I've closed a lot of times now, but I close with these words. In the love chapter. Now remains faith, hope, and love. There are remaining principles we can't get away from. And love is one of them. The greatest of these is love. What is he saying to us? He said, when I was a child, I did childish things. He said, but when I became full grown, I put the childish things away. He said, when I know as I am known, 
How does God know you this morning? He knows you holy, sanctified, righteous, forgiven, renewed, uncondemned. Okay, come on. Dave. There are many days I would have a really strong argument with him about what he sees in me. And say to him, I'm not holy, I'm not sanctified, I'm none of those things, just look at the way I'm living. And that self-condemning thought is keeping you and me away from the innovation of a straight line between A and B, the glory filling the earth, the church being who she is, because he knows you as holy and righteous and sanctified and forgiven and blessed. And he wants you out there and projecting the glory without any recognition of your past. So which self does he want you to die to? Your recognition of your old self. He wants you to die to that fact and say, you are no longer that person. Not even after, you know, in your... <laughs> we like to testify about our BC days, but some of us can testify even worse things from our AD days. <laughs> and it's a laugh because even in the midst of that, he's looking at you saying... I love you. And I've got plans for you. So thank you very much for, I know the conglomeration of a message this morning. But thank you very much for the privilege. And all I want to say to you guys is keep on keeping on. Because God's going to do great things through you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.